Welcome back to the Talking Dad podcast. And in this episode, I'm joined by PJ Middlehurst. Hello, PJ. Hi, Jamie. How are we getting on? I'm good, thanks. I'm doing really well. Glad to be on your podcast. Good. It's good to have you. You're going to join us for a dad chat. We've got the, the six dad chat questions. There we go. We're doing yeah. better rock and roll, as they say. Do you want to start off by telling us who's who's in your family, how many kids you've got, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, currently there's myself. I've got a wife, we're married, still live together. Um, I've got, sorry, apologies for the dog. I've got two boys, I've got two kiddies, I've got two boys, one's eight, one's three. Um, so yeah, that was quite good. One's a football fanatic and the other one um, still plays with worms and stuff like that, so you know. <laughs> oh nice, you've got a bit of a mixture still then. Yeah, it's great. Like my eldest, he either wants to be a professional footballer or a power ranger. So, um, that's, whichever. That's ace, yeah. <laughs> so you might be able to give me some advice on this then, because I've got two boys as well. I've got I've got one that's about to be seven and uh, one that's pretty much just turned two. So it's just slightly that's behind good. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I always joke with the wife saying, um, we should try for a girl and she asks why. And I always put a sob story on to say, well, if we don't have a girl, I won't have somebody to walk down the aisle. So uh, it, get, it really gets to a, well, I don't want any more kids. I'm happy with two boys. Oh, yeah. it's not. Is that a question in your house? Is that a conversation or not? Or just a bit of a joke, I, I think. Yeah, I think I think the question is, do, do we want any more? Which I don't think, I think we both don't, to be fair. Like, I think we honestly don't. Then naturally, I'm quite a jokey person. So that's my way of kind of winding the wife up. Or, uh, yeah, she does does bite to it every single time I say it. She's like, right. Because I, th- I think there's a conversation still yet to be had in our house on on whether that is is a possibility for we have another. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm 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 happy. Two boys to me, it's ideal in one sense. Um, yeah. But no, I'm happy with two boys. So, are you? Would you class yourself as a typical sort of boy dad, a bit of a rough and tumble dad, or do you like are you a modern day dad? Um, I, I tell you, uh, I'm, I'm hesitating because I'm, I'm probably getting feedback from people who, who I speak to or whatnot. But um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm rough and tumble, um, but equally I'm, I'm very caring and loving. But I'm purposely tough in that to make sense. Yeah. Um, I think the world, unfortunately, can be a harsh place. So I think I'm trying to get me, certainly my eldest, because my youngest is only three, he doesn't understand it yet, but certainly my eldest, I try to be a little tougher so he's used to it when the big bad world kind of gets hold of him, so to speak. I, I think that's I think that's something that many dads would say, more so than the mums if they were asked the same question, I think, uh, especially when it comes to dads and their boys i think there's a, there's an element to sort of give it given people's upbringing and their background and, and experiences through life but I, I think there is an element to you know you wouldn't want your kids to or your boys to be you know hard done to or bullied by the world in any way uh, whatever shape or form that comes in so i think we do say that quite a bit yeah and i my background i don't know if, I don't know if, you, if you've seen my socials and stuff but my background i'm a fighting background so, and my dad is uh, a fighter as well. He did a lot of martial arts, a lot of weightlifting when, we was, when he was younger. Myself, since 10 years old, I've done a lot of kickboxing and tie boxing. I've traveled over Europe to compete and stuff. Um, so I think it, I think it's natural for people to think I am going to be a bit of a tougher dad and get them into the fighting and things. But I probably steered them, not I haven't steered them away from it, but what I've not done is pushed them into it. Yeah. Um, because I always think if I did push them, they'll hate it and not do it. As it turns out, my eldest plays football. He's, he's a good footballer, to refer to him. Um, he loves it. And I've just got him into a little bit of kickboxing training just to have additional fitness for his football, really. But he's starting to enjoy it. And I won't push him down it. I, I don't want him to go down the fight route. Um, but to go back to that, the question of, of that is, I think my background, being in the fighting background, is I'm going to be a bit tougher. But I'm still occurring. I, I, I don't have the attitude of, I want my boys to be able to talk about problems and stuff. I don't want them to be like, I'm, I'm tough. Yeah. Um, I want them to have the ability to be tough, but I also want them to be, be able to chat and to understand love and be caring, um, if that makes any sense. It does It does to me, because I, I follow you on social media, so I've seen your 
I've seen your videos. I've seen some of your training videos and the way you talk as well. So I, I, I know where you're coming from in terms of that. And I could see that, you know, given, given your sort of expertise as somebody who's trained throughout the whole life, it would naturally be something you maybe pass down to the kids in terms of like, you know, not to be bullied or, or anything like that, or just, to, it's just handy to know, isn't it for anyone really? Um, but at the same time, you've, you kind of, I suppose that the, the modern day world of a man is, is that we, we, we can be somebody who can be more caring towards our kids and that's more acceptable nowadays. And so it should be. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's where the, the, the little pinch of science, a little bit of modern, a, bit, a pinch of science is part of the training stuff. I train the old way, but I'm a pinch of science. And I think this is how I look at being a dad is, yes, of the old-fashioned values, and I'll take a lot from the way I was parented, but equally I want a pinch of the modern dad where it's okay to, it's okay to cry, it's okay to have affection, it's okay to show love. I want to tell my boys that I love them every day, and that's not going to be a weird thing to do. So I suppose that that sort of initial question maybe leads us on to any recent rewards and challenges with dad life. Yeah, this is a pretty big one, I think, because I think as a dad, before I was a dad, this conversation about my friends, before I became a dad, I thought I'd be a lot tougher than I actually am. And I think I would, I thought I would have cared a bit less. I don't mean that in a lack of love. I mean that in I could work away and not be fussed off, miss the kids all week. That's how I perceive myself to be as a dad before I was a dad. <clears throat> but the reward, and I guess the surprise as well, is within the first few days of becoming a dad, that completely changed to the point where I had a very good career. I was heading up operations in UK, Germany, Netherlands, and my next position probably would have been like a director in the field that I was working in. But I decided to come back to the UK, change jobs, tech, you know, quite literally a 10,000 plus pound pay cut uh, because I was missing spending time with then my only kid. Well, I realised I couldn't have been away from home and I still have that feeling now, although I work away a lot less. Um, I still have the, I don't know, the guilt, I guess, of being away from home. So that, that was quite... Um, a surprise and it's a challenge as well but equally it's a surprise of how much being a parent has changed me and it changed me very very quickly and a complete complete opposite to what i thought i would be as a, as a dad yeah yeah so uh, on the same side of that have you got any recent rewards or any of that sort of little, little dad wins that yeah if it, it's it, and the, the football sports related i guess um a couple of them which are quite recent is just watching my boy play football, him finding his own way and his thing, because as we've touched on, I've done years and this is my whole life with martial arts. And I didn't want to push my boy down martial arts. I'm so happy that he's found football. And me personally, I'm not a football fan. I've never been interested in football until really recently. Um, I supported, and I said that carefully, as a part-time fan, a local football team for us just down the road who were what we know, League One level of football okay. as, as professionals. So I'm not, we're not, it's not a Premier League team. Um, and it's nice he's got his own he, he's going down his, his own path which I think is great so as a dad to step back and be like I'm so proud of him to do his own thing and to be doing well at it and he's only 8 as well so that's good um, and then the fact that I've took him down to a martial arts gym for extra fitness training and I don't know I'm going to paint a picture of the stereotypical backstreet boxing gym slash martial arts it's, they're a bit dirty if you like grungy, dark. There's a lot of people in there who look tough, who are tough. They're all nice people. They're great people, but they look tough. It, I say it's dark. You walk in, it's loud. There's big people hitting stuff. It's just loads of noise and hecticness, and there's people kicking the stuff in out of stuff. And I took an eight-year-old boy, and he was probably naturally quite shy in essence, walked him through the door, and it was terrifying for him. But for him then to, within probably five minutes of him being there, and I was, I was going to help out with the class there, my eight-year-old said, Dad, Dad, can I join in? Can I join in? And I was like, oh, didn't, didn't expect him to at all. And he joined in, did the class, and he pushed himself through it, which took a lot of pride from that as well. And going and trying a brand-new sport, and it's a sport where Dad's probably quite well-known locally. 
for him to go, right, Dad, I'm going to do my own thing. And again, I just leave him to it and let him do his own thing because I don't want to be a shadow over him within, within that world. So that was good as well. That's a nice little uh, reward. It's a personal reward for me, Jamie, like to see him do it. I know yeah. it's not a massive thing on the grand scheme of what kids do and whatnot, but for me to see him do it was their chuffed. Yeah, yeah. The next question is, is there anything that surprised you, good or bad? Um, have you just touched on that or is there more that, to it that you were planning? Yeah, I did. I, I, yeah, I, I touched on that a little bit. And it is that how, how much it changed me as a parent. Yeah. Um, and how much, how much you, and how much you are willing to change as a parent to put your kids first. You know, change career, change potential future prospects, and take a financial pay cut. Um, I don't think there's any other type of pay cut other than financial, but never mind. And then what you just change perspective on life. I think I pers- pers- can't say perspective on life massively changed too. I've got a lot more interested in time rather than money. Yeah. And I became very grateful for the tiny things like when I was working away, I was racing back to get back in time for bedtime for the kids. I was racing back for seven or eight o'clock when the kids were in bed. So I could just read them a story and see them for 15, 20 minutes, wherever it was, before they went to sleep. Um, and that was grateful. And you like you start to appreciate them small things like that. I never used to really. I used to talk about, like, I would take that type of thing. If someone told me that before I was a dad, I'd be like, what do you mean? Yeah. It completely changed my perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, similarly, when when we had our first, I was working in a job that was a lot of, I used to work a few weekends, evenings and some nights. And although at the time you can make a joke about it to say, oh, it, you know, it's a, it's a night off doing the bedtime routine or whatever. It does kind of grate on you in the end that you, you are missing out a chunk, aren't you? And especially when it's with you first, it, it's all new and you do miss out a little bit on that. Yeah, I used to love it. I used to love bedtime stories. And it's you know, I know the people who, are, who know me who would laugh their head off at hearing me say that. But um, yeah, I used to love coming again and do bedtime. Sit on, I used to have an orange bean bag next to his bed. And we used to sit there and have to tell you, watch a little bit of telly for a bit and then. But like telling off story time now, we'd read a story, go through a few pages and whatnot. I mean, sometimes I would read it to him, then he got, he got, he could read himself. So he was practicing his reading, I was with him. And then sit there on his beanbag. And Jamie won't lie, like the times when I've come home from like probably a 12 hour day or whatnot, and I'm, I'm starting a beanbag and my head's against the wall, and he's reading me a story, and all of a sudden, gone. Just not off. Yeah. yeah. And then I get like a nudge, Dad. <laughs> I'll probably slap me on my leg, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> we we our our first our eldest he was sort of well he was a nightmare at bedtimes for quite a few years and uh, it was a it was a right old tussle um, <laughs> so quite often we got to the point where one of us whoever's turn it was would be going up and we'd be lying with him we'd be sitting in his room and we'd fall asleep before he did and then eventually he'd fall asleep and we'd wake up and we'd be like forty five minutes after. We plan to be going back down into like your night's gone and now, now what do we do? Do we just go to bed or? <laughs> do you know, Jamie, I miss them days, you know, like it's, it's a very similar thing to what I've experienced with my eldest. Um, I don't have it so much with my youngest, which I miss a little bit because I sometimes wish, do you know what story? I can have a yeah. sleep and cuddle for half an hour with you and it's like work, sleep, dad, done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I miss it because my eldest doesn't happen now because he's eight, he's old and you don't know what you mean, but. And then days have gone now, gone out. They're like, so I'll, I'll forever think, oh, I'm glad I did it. And, and as soft yeah. as it is to fall asleep next to your kid and be chuffed about it, and um, I'm glad I did it because I miss it now already. Yeah. Do you think your second one is possibly a little bit more independent, so they kind of go to bed better? Chalk and cheese, my two boys. Um, my, my my eldest is, and maybe my eldest is a lot more will come. across I think a lot more sensitive than my youngest and uh, comes across very caring my eldest and up to now my youngest is very much a typical boy he's like rough tumble mud like I joke before about meeting worms and stuff more he, he's turned around he's playing the grid he's got muddy fingers in his in his mouth and he's just not bothered yeah and um, my eldest if he got dirty he'd be like ah oh, dad I'm a bit dirty and like until he start playing football now it doesn't bother him Right, but yeah, chalk, chalk, completely chalk and cheese, um, and yeah, my my youngest, he, 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 he more dependent because 
this sounds bad. Um, I think as parents that with your second child, you spend less time, don't you? Because your time's then split between two boys or two kids uh, for people or more, plus your job and whatnot. Yeah. Whereas when you have one kid, you, the only time you split is between your child and everything else. Well, you have two or three kids and your time split also amongst them kids. Yeah. And you can also fall into a little bit of a trap of making some of the mistakes with your first and, you know, maybe following the textbook in terms of bedtime. Whereas with your second, you think, oh, well, actually, we, we tried, tried that and it didn't work. So let's just get on with it. And they just it's kind of fall in. I'm going to go on a tangent slightly, but I think we need to probably admit that sometimes. It's okay to make mistakes as parents and struggle a little bit at times, like, you know, and, and, and yet yeah, not do it right or break the, the, the rules, the social norms and whatnot. Yeah. And I think it, I think it's okay. Um, I've had conversations recently with a guy who had his kids with him whilst trying to manage and coach a football team and stuff at a match. And I was talking to him and he, he looked a bit stressed and I just said to him, it was a passing comment, but I meant it genuinely. I just said, you know, I had the kids the other week, but my wife was working away, and I, and I felt it. I struggled. And he looked at me like, and went, "Really?" I was, like, I was like, "Yeah, I did. I actually did. Yeah, I find it quite tough by myself when I've got the kids for the weekend." And he looked at me and went, "Oh, so I'm glad you've said that because I, I thought it's just me." Right. Like, mate, no, mate. Like, we all—it's not easy, is it? Like, let's face it. I mean, my wife makes it look easy, and I guess she probably struggles, but I genuinely find it tough. Like, we get through it. You do whatever else. You take the kids out, but. I don't think it's easy to, like, you know, cook, clean, plan stuff, make sure the kids are, are right, you know, no accidents. You try and do the toilet trip with a kiddie that's uh, toilet trained or whatnot, and then they have an accident and you got to deal with that in the middle of a supermarket. You're like, ah. Yeah, well, if that, you're trying get, to juggle a thousand balls at the same time, aren't you? Yeah, but I think the, the, the old-fashioned way, I think, as men, our dads, is you're like, no, it's easy, be all right, when... Realistically, you're like a duck on water, and you're pretending it's all right, but underneath you're paddling like that, aren't you? Like, ah, yeah, yeah. Get through. I just want to admit to other dads, we all have that paddling effect. We're all panicking underneath. We're just trying to act like we're not. Yeah, I think that's important for for other dads to hear some of us say because it's it's absolutely true. And you know, some people that I've spoken to who might have been interested in coming on to have a conversation or just just as a passing comment. Um, sometimes the, the, the attitude can be, oh, it, it'll be all right. Or, or we don't need to talk about that kind of thing, but actually, you know, somebody out there might be finding it really difficult and it's, it's absolutely fine. That's what this part of learning. It's part of the whole process. I agree. We're all, especially with your first, you definitely, you're both learning, aren't you? If you're trying to be a yeah. dad and you're growing up a little bit yourself at the same time while they're growing up. Yeah. I've had that. I struggles with it. I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it because I don't think it is easy. I think it is tough. Now, I think your second one might be slightly easy because you learn a bit with your first and you're willing to probably experiment more and push the boundaries more with your second and not really feel as guilty because you're like, well, but in hindsight, I've probably made more mistakes with my first and I've realised that since having my second. That yeah, makes sense. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I probably think the same along the same lines as you there. Was there any advice that was given to you that you thought nothing of that has maybe become something that you kind of live by or was there any advice that you've passed on to anyone else? I got I got some advice, but it wasn't to do with parenting. It was at my wedding. Okay. And, I, and I've done it with everyday life since. All right. I've definitely used it with the kids. Excuse me. And I had a friend of mine before my wedding day. Was it, was it my wedding? And, he, and, he, and he's like, PJ, PJ, listen, I'm going to give you some advice. And you know, at the time you're like, what is it? And uh, my, my friends are typical lads, like, you know, a lot of them are rugby players, a lot of them are ex-military, a lot of them are quite tough, um, good bunch of lads to refer, but, you know, we don't, like, I won't admit our feelings half the time and all that stuff. So when he gave me some advice and he was being genuine, I was like, this is a bit strange. I thought he was just basically going to set the mickey out and be like, do you know what I mean, before my wedding day, some coin pants down or something. And um, <laughs> he went, listen, PJ, I'm going to give you some advice. And so I like, go on then. He went, your day is going to go really quick. And you'll remember nothing. So occasionally, make sure you stop just for a minute and take it all in. And then enjoy a bit more, then stop for a minute and just sit back and take it all in. If you don't do that, you won't remember it. And, and I realised he was being quite sincere what he was saying. So I took it on board. I remember myself from my wedding night, wedding day and night, is occasionally just having that little moment to step back and 
watch people enjoy themselves and chat and have conversations and listen to some of the music and the speeches at the yard and just take little things in. Not all the time, but I had that little minute or two, you know, then a dozen times throughout the day and the night to take it all in. And what it taught me was do the same with life and my kids. So occasionally I just sit back and have a minute, whatever it might be. It might even be an hour of me just daydreaming. But I'm trying to take in the day we're having or think back the last week I've had and go, that was actually a really good week. Or actually, it was a busy week. I've not really seen the kids. So next week, I'm going to make an effort to see the kids more. And I do it. I call it a life audit. I do a life audit quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, that advice was given at my wedding, and I still use it for the kids. So I think as kids, good my lad's eight, and that's with my, my, my three-year-old's three already. He starts school in September, well, preschool in September. That's with by. So if I didn't stop occasionally to take it in, I'd, I'd have completely missed it all. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's something that's come up on on a recent episode, is is that idea of just if we could have somebody sort of sat on the shoulder throughout these moments and and just say, well, oh, just hang on a minute, put press pause for a second and just sit back and kind of watch and see what where you are, what you've done, and take stock of things a little bit. Um, I think we would all it's that's benefit of maybe hindsight or that's sort of in an ideal world, but it's definitely something to try and keep in your conscious mind that you've got to, you've got to sort of take notice of what's happening around you. Uh, and otherwise mm-hmm. it does, it flies by, doesn't it? Kids grow fast. Agree. Life has a way of getting in the way weirdly. Yeah. And, well, you know, it one day leads into a week, weeks, a month, a month, a year and, and poof, it's gone. Like it's, it's nearly August already. <laughs> it's crazy isn't it and you know for some people i work a, a nine to five monday to friday nowadays and i can find myself wishing the week away sometimes just to get to the weekend but then sometimes you have so much stuff to do on the weekend that you don't even get a chance to sort of actually do the nice stuff and spend time and realize that you're enjoying spending that time because you've got so much to do it's like one thing onto the next and move on and quicken you just gotta slow down yeah, and that, that taking a moment occasionally, it links into something I've said earlier about like time, all the money and stuff and appreciating the small things. So taking that minute to enjoy a moment and understand that, you know, that little bit of time you've got, make the most of it because obviously it soon passes and I'd rather have that bit of time. Might be like you go to the park for an hour and it's just an hour and then the rest of the day you're back doing work or answering emails and phone calls and whatnot. But at least you've had that quality hour rather than, uh, uh, you know, rather than maybe two or three hours where your mind's still churning away stuff and you're not actually present in the moment. Yeah. I suffered with that in the past as well. I was working a very busy job. I wasn't yeah. home a lot. And when I was home, I wasn't home mentally. And I was never in the moment. And yeah. That's when that advice started to kick in then. I made, I made some change in my life to be, be present at home more. And I used that advice. That got me wedding day in my normal life. Yeah. And I think, yeah. Definitely helps me anyway. Like, and if anyone hears it, wants to try it, I hope it helps them. So. Yeah, it's good that you've you've sort of noticed that yourself and sort of they made that change sometimes because people can maybe ignore that and, and not pay attention to it and sort of mask it with something else and you know bury themselves in work because that's what they should be doing and actually we we should be yeah. home with the kids really, shouldn't we? In an ideal world, we should be. Yeah. It's, 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 I think that's massively important, 100%. And, and you're right. We, we, I think we can get caught up in outside perceptions of what we should be doing, of what people might um, you know, presume we should be doing or whatever, or they perceive it that we should be doing. You know, yeah, we should be working hard and 12-hour shifts. So if I ask my daddy, 12-hour days working part-time to him, like, do you know what I mean? That's his old <laughs> mentality. Yeah. He, he thinks 37-hour weeks a part-time job. Yeah. But then if I had that mentality, like, I wouldn't see my kids. Like, so I think we do need to, like, change that, that idea. I'm not saying us to be lazy by no stretch, but I think we need to be efficient. And then when, when we're not working, then we shouldn't be working. We should be with the family. And then equally, when we are at work, we're at work. Like, you know, the two are quite separate in one sense. Thank you for listening to the Talking Dad podcast. As always, you can find links to the socials in the show notes, as well as the Patreon page. You can find me and contact me directly at talkingdaduk.com. This episode is sponsored by Rhino Racking. Rhino Racking reached out to me on Instagram and asked if I'd like to sample one of their products. 
They sent me a galvanised shelving unit that fit perfectly in my garage. And that's actually done me a big favour because now I can actually walk in the garage and I've got some space. So, if you've got any shelving or storage needs, go and give Rhino Racking a follow. Or you can find them at rhinoracking.co.uk. Back to the episode, thanks. You've already touched on it, but I'm going to ask you mm. again. What about hobbies and interests then for yourself that keep uh, keep PJ PJ and not just dad? What what have you got? I just love the uh, the world of martial arts for for a few reasons. Like it helped me as a kid, and I like to think so I've coached a lot. Um, I've coached. I've been involved in coaching since being about nineteen, and I won my first world title. And I went teaching at a school outside of like university and stuff like helping a school to teach kids. And when I got there, it was a class full of kids who didn't turn up to classes. And it was a, basically a group of kids who were naughty. Oh, right. For yeah. want of a better expression. That's what they would have been labelled in the past. But a great bunch of kids before. Just um, the, the education system didn't suit them. But then, weirdly, the school decided that to get a bunch of naughty kids and give someone the opportunity to teach them how to fight better helps the naughty kids. Basically, they were just able to do what they were doing better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I bet, yeah. <laughs> um, but with respect, like, I've probably gone a tangent here, so apologies, but it, I think people might take a lot from it, is the education system for them was probably wrong, on, and then they were probably perceived as naughty kids. They weren't actually naughty, they were probably just a bit bored. Yeah. Um, and they weren't going to class, but they did turn up for my class after school, which my class was half past three, so I'd finish uni, I'd fly down the M62, down to school in Liverpool and coach. And uh, yeah, they, they did turn up to my class, but they wagged basically the rest of the day till the teacher said, you can't do your class anymore because the kids aren't turning up for school, so we're going to stop it. I said, don't stop it, I'll make them come to class. I was only supposed to be at the school for four weeks trial, and I did two years. Okay. Um, so I've seen some of the kids go and get GCSEs and stuff like that. But basically what happened was I had to get the kids to attend classes. Um, so I could keep coaching. So I had to get them in and say, right, listen to Dealey, I need to stop coaching you um, because you're not going to classes. Or you can go to class, get your mark, stay in class, and you, you can come to my class at the end of the week because it's a Friday afternoon my class. I said, you don't have to do anything, just turn up and do the classes. But what they did is because they were then going and probably believed they would have given the teacher a bit of stick, I guess, some of them, uh, by, I mean, by no doubt, but by being in class and then probably being absolutely fed up in class, they started to do a little bit of the work or some of it went in while it's in class and they could come to mine at the end of the week. And then um, I know certainly a good group of them went on to get GCSEs rather than maybe not even finishing school, um, which is good. And if you've ever seen the film Coach Carter, it's a bit like that. Um, I was so, I was just thinking of, of a couple of films. I was gonna go. I was gonna lead with the 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 Michelle Pfeiffer film Dangerous Minds. I was gonna say, were you? Uh, oh yeah, film you... quality. <laughs> a mixture yeah, of the two, maybe. And but, but that got me into coaching um, or dealing but, with kids and stuff, I guess, and, and helping coach martial arts. And you were only I quite young then yourself, weren't you? So was I was I was fresh, but I was still. And I was really raw because I was still fighting out, really taught in schools. Uh, I had a guy who put me in touch and said, yeah, I'll come down. I took a world title belt with me at the time and whatnot for a bit of a gimmick, but it worked. Um, and then just just taught him kickboxing, basically. I didn't do anything magic. I just taught martial arts, I discipline. Suppose, I suppose with you being a younger guy then, you were closer to their age. They could maybe see, oh, could look up to this guy. Look, what he's done something and maybe we've got a chance of doing something, you know? And it's cool, yeah, I think isn't it? Been, yeah, I think there would have been a bit of part of that. Like, because only been nineteen when I did it, um, and they'd be like, what, probably 12, 14 years of age, going up that way. So there wasn't much age gap, but enough to like be like an older kid, if you like, a young yeah. adult, older kid who's done something. And in real respect, like I'm from a similar background, like lots of them doing whatever, and then turn my life around. So, <laughs> and then that, again, that got me got me into coaching. Uh, and I love it. I love the martial arts thing. Um, it helped me as a kid, starting a local leisure centre down the road when I was 10. When I was there, I just never, never stopped. Got so what did you start What did you start off doing? Was it kickboxing or Muay Thai? Or... Yeah, it was kickboxing. The gym 
didn't change gyms. I just, it was a kickboxing gym that we, we went in and kind of that kind of evolved into doing some Thai boxing and took some advice off people and whatnot and trained with Thai boxing gyms. So fought in both rural settings. Um, it was predominantly kickboxing. And for those who are, who are more savvy with the martial arts, the style I really enjoy is K1, K1 yeah. kickboxing, um, which is great. It's, a, it's like a blend of the two. It's like a Thai boxing will, will shoot me down for saying that, but uh, basically K1, you can't elbow. And it's limited clinch, and you can only knee once. When you clinch, you got a break. I prefer it. It's a bit cleaner work. Right. But it flows a bit better for me personally, so I enjoy it a bit more. And then if it's not martial arts and it's from a hobby perspective, I like motorsports, anything that you can race around a track. And I'm not particularly great at racing at all. I'll go go karting, come last, but I come last with a smile on my face. Yeah, because you just enjoy being there. (laughs) Yeah, I just enjoy everything about it. I like bikes. I I used to ride bikes. Yeah. Motorbikes. Um, I stopped because I had a bit of an accident. And then uh, my eldest then was quite young. I think that was time to come off. But I always itch to get another bike i just think the biking community is brilliant you help each other it's just one of the places where every time i've brought down or whatever there's always a bike going past and it's the biker that stops and if you if you meet someone and you find out they ride bikes there's just that instant baby connection it might be like that with other stuff like if you play music or something you meet a musician or whatever but i have it with bikes yeah, yeah. I've, gr- I've grown up around bikers. My uncle and my granddad were, were both raced and, and ridden bikes all their lives. And it was something that my mum definitely didn't want me going into, but it was always something I fancied trying. And then as I got older, I got a bit more sensible and I had kids and I thought, it's a bit late now. I don't, I don't want to do it now. Maybe when I'm, maybe when I hit my midlife crisis, I might do it then. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hypocrite, me, Jamie. As my, my boys, apart from taking a few kickboxing sessions for extra fitness training, you know, uh, for I've got a few tattoos and I race motorbikes and my boys I'm saying to them no fighting no tattoos no bikes yeah 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 I did I did a bit of training um I did about three or four years we did a bit of kickboxing um as an adult not long after my eldest uh was born because I wanted I was probably in a similar situation now as I was back then. I was, I'd put on a few pounds, I'd put on a bit of baby weight myself. You just get lazy a little bit, don't you? And uh, <laughs> at the time I was working in, uh, I was a support worker for adult mental health. Right. And we were getting more and more sort of risky type people through the door kind of thing. And it, it changed quite quickly. The funding all got changed within a few years of me starting there. And I just thought there's, there's little elements to this at some point I might need to, I might need to know how to get myself out of a sticky situation. So I just thought with all that combined and, and needing to do something new for exercise at the same time, I thought I'd start doing a bit of martial arts and kickboxing and yeah, I did it for about four or five years up until kind of the pandemic and, and that hit and it disrupted everyone's training and I just kind of lost my way a little bit after that. Then we had our second and then time got a bit more precious and I kind of didn't go back, but I, I feel like I, I need to start back at something. I need to try something. What what advice would you, I know you, you're on social media and you give, you give some good motivational, uh, yeah. some videos. So what advice would you give to a, to, to a, a an out of shape dad? That needs to get himself kicked up the ass back into summit. Would you go in from a martial art perspective or just general fitness? Well, both really. Any, I think the martial arts side of things, it was, it was kind of like we were crossing over, kind of moving away from sort of. I was training three or four times a week at one stage when we were leading up to our wedding because I wanted it for I the fitness, and and I was I was really, I felt like if I missed the class, that's it. I was way behind. And I'd lose, I'd lose in the next sparring session. So I've got to be there all the time. And we, it was really becoming something that I was banging to. And then I just lost the the mojo for it a little bit. And I started to drop off. And as I was dropping off, I was realizing that I actually really was missing out on classes then. And, and, and I was falling behind. <clears throat> and then part of that falling behind is, is you start to become an excuse, don't you? Of like, well, do I really need to go because I'm already behind? Do I, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So it, it, either really, what what would your sort of 
I want to discuss this in two point, two points. I can relate to what you've just said there about doing a class and then you get behind and you're like, well, you don't really need to do it. And because I'm going through it now, I started the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've, I've toyed with it and had the odd session here for years because we've been in the martial art world. We kind of dip into other martial arts and you might be in a class where there's a Jiu-Jitsu class before yours or after yours. And you do the odd session, done that for years. I never really took it seriously, never done any training consistently for over a period of time. And recently I started um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class, uh, you know, a couple of times a week, got into it. But then since probably the start of the year, work's increased, uh, obviously two kiddies and whatnot, all the bits of pieces, the lads' footballs took off. I've died off. I've done exactly what you've just then said then. is You know, you miss a few weeks. You feel it when you go back a few sessions and then you have another few sessions off and then struggle to get back. What I've done, what I'm doing now, I'm literally doing it right now, ready for the next few weeks, is I have all sorts of reasons. Some of them are genuine excuses. Like, oh, I feel a bit tired. I think I'll miss it. That's an excuse. Some of it's a reason, like I'm working away. I can't get to class. That's a reason. So what I've done is I've, I've, I've wrote down the excuses that I've had recently and I wrote down the reasons that I've had recently and go, right, right, I can't control some of the reasons because that's work-related. But if I plan my work diary where I can better, it reduces them things coming up on the training days. Like, I'm going to plan my diary around with jiu-jitsu as, as best I can, as best I can to reduce it. And then the excuses I've wrote down so I can read them out and understand that they are excuses, that stuff that I can definitely 100% control. And coming home from work a little bit tired won't affect my training. If I just get to the gym, turn up and join in, England, I'll perform no better or worse. Really, I mean, feeling a little bit tired, like that won't be going to make a difference. It's all fear. Little yeah. things like I haven't had my tea. I think I'll miss it. Any excuse, I've done it. I've got, I've got a book of them. Like I'm the best person in the world for excuses because I've done it recently. Um, so that's what I've done with that. And then going to back, like to give advice on people doing exercises. I always, I always say to like find something that you at least don't mind doing because then that's breaking down that excuse that you don't like it, what's the point, what not. Do something you enjoy or at least you don't mind doing. And then don't, doing a little bit's okay. Don't be put off because it's too little because that's the other thing people do is either say, oh, it's too much to do or they'll say things like, well, it's only 10 minutes. It's not worth doing. But I think 10 minutes is how you start off. Do 10 minutes. Get through the 10 minutes because it's worth doing because you're not going to do 10 minutes forever. You're going to do 10 minutes for a couple of weeks. And then you're going to do 15 minutes and 20 minutes. And before you know it, you're banging an hour. Then you do an hour three nights a week. And then you, before you know it, you've lost a stone. You feel fit. You're strong. And you, you're craving going back to the gym. So you finish your gym on Wednesday and you can't wait to get back on Friday. Yeah. That type of thing. That's what my advice would be. Um, but if you get back into fit, anyone getting into fitness and linking all this together, granted, I'm a stand-up fighter. I can fight like mad on my feet, but 10 minutes to the floor, I'm like a duck out of water. Hence why I'm doing jiu-jitsu. To try, and I'm the worst jujitsu practitioner you, you could think of. I'm the whitest of white belts. If you, if you remember the old Daz White adverts, it was like Daz White because it was gleaming white. That's my white belt, right? It's proper white, right? <laughs> uh, but I'd recommend um, jujitsu, especially if you're a little bit older, like if you're mid 30s and older. Um, like me, I'm four, I'm nearly 41. It's a little bit easier on the body. You're not getting punched and kicked for one. You're not getting slammed on the deck really hard, like maybe in wrestling and judo, which can happen in jiu-jitsu. Um, it's a little bit easier on the body that way. And because it's a lot of pushing and pulling, it's more conditioning to the body from a muscular perspective. Yeah. Um, and I think the fitness is something else. It's the hardest thing I've done fitness-wise. Even I, all the kickboxing stuff, I think jiu-jitsu is well hard. I've done uh, I did a little bit. Uh, leading up to pandemic and uh, I think it, you can be at a certain level of fitness and think think oh, I'm pretty fit and then you get rolling about with somebody who's equally as heavy as you and they're lying on you and pressing on your chest and you're, and you're into your ribs and you, it's just another level isn't it you just yeah I've been in moments where I've nearly tapped out by being too tired <laughs> <laughs> I probably did <laughs> and I used Maybe. to think I used to like there's a couple of bigger lads in there, like bigger than me, heavy guys. And I used to think training with them was almost like a double workout because I'd get to shift their weight around as well as work on my kind of cardio game. And all they did really was got crushed and tapped too soon. So I didn't learn anything in that other than 
don't pick on a big guy, <laughs> you know. Sorry, they break up a bit. Then. Was it gi or no gi that you, you did? It was gi. It was gi mainly. Gi mainly, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I like the gi. Although I don't like getting choked with the gi. That's not good when you get choked by the clothes you're wearing. It's a bit humiliating, that isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love that's, it. that's a sort of BJJ tagline of or, or comment on on social media, isn't it? It's uh, it's the art of folding clothes while the person's still wearing them. Exactly. Uh, I like that yeah. one. Yeah, um, I do. It's funny. I do. I do rate it. I do like it as a fitness. Um, the gym's good, and this goes on to something else, I guess. But um, like one of my friends passed earlier in the year, um, and you know, I had more people from the jujitsu gym message to see how I was than in my own social circle, and that made me real. That made me realize, made made maybe realize what some of my friends, I guess, in one sense, but but it made me realize how good it is to be part of a club and a team and it, and it for me it's martial arts i'm not sure if like a football rugby team would be similar but i've not trained at that gym particularly long it's probably i've done what 18 months now but a year solid a year solid i've not really been this year because of stuff but um so only, only we did a year and they're all checking in messaging can't wait to see you back in the match how are you I heard your bad news blah, blah, blah. and that for me just speaks volumes of the martial art community, and and and, and in particular that gym that I do go to. You know, for no plugging it. But... Yeah, <laughs> you could plug him if you want. Yeah, <laughs> if you're in, if you're in the the, uh, the the Lee area, you know Roger Gracie Jiu Jitsu Lee, um, great gym. Uh, Dave the, the the coach, he's a great guy, and there's loads of good guys there, and loads of new people start as well. But I like yeah. it. The atmosphere is fantastic. And, it's uh, the guys, good. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, um, that's one of the big things about, I think for, for being a younger, being a younger man and whatever, walking into a gym could have been quite daunting. I've been, we've got a local um, boxing gym, a couple of local boxing gyms when I was younger and, and there was always, a, there's always a reputation and an atmosphere around it, isn't it? And like you said earlier, probably when you get in there and you get to know them as some of the nicest people you'll ever meet, you stay on the right side of them. But at the same time, it's always a bit daunting walking in as the sort of fresh meat, like sort of thing, you know. You yeah, just, you're going to be the punching bag for a few weeks, and I don't fancy yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, I think if you, if you, if you, you know, if anybody listening was interested in taking up any kind of martial arts, it's just about scouting around a couple of places, bit of word of mouth, you know, what where's got a good, a good reputation for looking after newbies type of thing, because there'll always be the sort of hardcore gyms, won't there? That that might be a bit tough to start off in if you've got no experience whatsoever, but the, there are gyms out there that kind of look after you at the same time. Yeah, there is. And it, 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 I think we digressed you like from a, a dad podcast into a, into a I know, I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right. And it does because, and I'll link this, I'll link this back in. Um, there's gyms out there and I've trained and coached at a few and it's not wrong where they do it, but basically the first six weeks of anyone turning up, you're going to get beaten up. You're going to get used as a, as a target for target practice. And if you're still there in six weeks, you've proved that you can handle it and then you'll get taught, but you get, look, you're in, you're in then. And you once you're in, you're in. Um, I don't necessarily think that's the best way forward because, you know, as like me going into jiu-jitsu as a 41-year-old, I guess if the first six weeks was me just getting smashed, I mean, I did get smashed, but if I got like just hammered by a 21-year-old purple belt who wants to be in the UFC when he's older, I think after six weeks of that, I'd be like, I'm 41, I don't need this. I just want to come yeah. and learn a bit of jiu-jitsu, get a bit fitter. You know, like you said, you mentioned about baby weight, I want to lose a little bit or whatever, a bit of timber that may, a pinch an inch and sneak down, it's now three inches. Um, yeah, it'd be a bit tougher, I think. So there is a market to look after your beginners because some people just want to learn some skills and keep fit from a health perspective. They don't want to be in the UFC or the next best, whatever. They just want to keep fit. Um, and I think training, exercise, for me, I'm biased towards the martial art world and the community it gives. If, if, you're, if you're a dad and you're struggling and you feel stressed because the kids have had you up all the night and you think work's not going well, you go down to the jiu-jitsu gym or the boxing gym or the Thai boxing gym and you can go there and be around good people who will support you, like the jiu-jitsu lads did with me. And you're not thinking about KPIs or the kids. You're thinking about getting through a workout, and you're not thinking about anything else. And for that one hour, whatever it is, you can switch off 
you can leave your worries in the car, go to the gym, train for an hour, forget about everything, and then get back in the car, pick your worries back up. Yeah. But you're in a clearer mind to deal with the worries when you get picking back up in the car later on. Yeah. Is my opinion. That's how I feel, think it is. So your your advice to me overall would be give me old mate a ring and get me key back out of the drawer and go down and have another session, get back into it. <laughs> yeah, do it. If you enjoy it, do it. I think it's great, mate. I do, and that's coming from a guy who struggles with it. I'll be honest. Like I'm, I'm, I, I find it really difficult. It's so hard for me to turn up to the gym. And that's half the reason, half the reason, probably some days it's easier for me to say no. Recently, I've had loads of work on it, and the last few months, my lad's football's took priority because he was doing well. He's been given a bit of an opportunity, like in one sense. Yeah. Um, not laughing, you know. If if he if he gets picked up by somebody, excellent. But you know, that's like a, the equivalent of winning a lottery ticket, isn't it? But in the meantime, he's just enjoying football. And it's it's helping with stuff that he deals with. So I'm made up. Yeah, yeah. I've I mean, I've got a exercise bike in the garage that I said I'd do. I'd do forty minutes every night after work on. And last time I went on it, it might have been two weeks ago. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need. I need something, but having said that, one one end of the scale to another. This this weekend coming, uh, me and my mates were going up uh, Scarfell Pike, and, and we're going for a hike up there. So it's like the biggest mountain in England, we're going for a hike up, and that's completely opposite end of the scale, isn't it? But that's uh, I love that. I love being outdoors and hiking. We've got, we've got something planned in uh, a week on Sunday. We're going up to um, not sure what it's actually called, but there's a bit of a hill slash small mountain the other side of Manchester, probably more like Sheffield way. Yeah. Where uh, there's a crash site, there's a plane crash site there. Ah, yes. I've never been, I'm not sure what it's called, but if you know what I'm talking about, then that's where we're going in a couple of weeks for a little, little move. I do know where you've run about because somebody at work was telling me about that a few weeks ago. She said it was, you know, it'd be good. It's a good enough walk to kind of take the kids up um, because yeah. the, I kind of just go out with my mates at the minute. It's, it's a bit of a, we're getting to the point where we're all sort of married and I've got kids. Some of the others are starting to have kids and it's like, we can't go out drinking as much as maybe we used to when we were younger. So getting the hiking boots on and going for a walk, it's just a day out with your mates again. Uh, but yeah, that, I can't remember the name even now off the top of my head, but some of the work said that was a good place to go for the kids. It's a nice walk and obviously something of kind of interest at the top for, you know, kids to be looking around yes. that. You've just, you've just talked, about something that I've been trying to do for the last probably few years is as we got older, I'm trying to steer myself and my friends away from meeting up just over a drinking session. Like, you know, you meet up every few months, but it's a few months where we all get together and basically you get drunk as quick as you can in a short period of time, I guess, and then you have an angle for a day and you've lost another day with the family. True. So, yeah. what we tried, yeah, and what we tried to do is make have a day where it's more of an activity, like I don't know, go go karting, paintballing. Go to like a go eight place where you're, you, you know, you're at heights or go and have a walk up snowed and we did that. And then we, we, we did it. We, then you lose it and it doesn't happen for months and months. Before you know it, a year's past, you haven't done anything. So I contact one of my mates and we'll go and do this walk. And then that, hopefully it'll start off and we'll try and do another mountain in a couple of months. And then winter's here and we'll probably walk down for a few months. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Is there a famous dad that you'd like to be like or kind of model your kind of parenting on? And that can be somebody uh, fictional or, or or however you want to approach that question. I've not. There's nothing. There's nobody particular. So it's such a bad answer in one sense. There's nobody particular. There's a famous dad, which kind of dampens the, uh, I've just let a lot of people down. I was listening to saying that. <laughs> but what I do take note of, and I link it to coaching, is I like to watch other coaches and how they are with kids. Um, and I, on although them coaches may not be dads, the way they handle kids, I think, is brilliant. And I take snippets of how they are with kids, and I try to sometimes implement it into being a parent, just the way they've interacted, the way they like sit down. Like One of the things I took from coaching a bit back was watching a rugby coach he's massive six foot four 18 stone whatever fits you like but he's coaching three-year-olds so they're always like they're all like knee eye to him yeah but whatever he did when he spoke to him he went onto his knees and i was like and i looked for a second i thought why is he doing that and it's just to bring him down on that level so we could talk a bit quieter make eye contact so whenever i'm talking no i don't just like in the supermarket get down on my knees and stuff but when i'm talking sometimes like to the kids is i will lower myself to the level just to chat and Maybe like with my three-year-old, I'll go onto one knee and we'll have a little chat. I'll sit him on my knee because my knee's bent and he can sit on it. If he's upset, if we give him somewhere to sit, he probably feels a bit more secure. We can have a bit of a face-to-face -face chat 
for a minute or two while he calms down and we, we crack on. Um, that's one example. I'm not saying that's the only thing I've picked up, but I do look at more communication skills, I think, and screaming and shouting is not always the best policy, is it? So sometimes you need to sit and talk and find the root cause or stuff and any issues. And I thought equally I've found in the past that the kids are mirroring or reflecting how I've been. So if I've been a bit grumpy with work and whatnot, I don't realise I'm stressed coming home from a job and things like that in the past. And then I think, oh, they're just mirroring what I'm doing to them. I'm a bit grumpy, a bit sharp, a bit moody. They're just doing it to me, reflecting it back. And I've had to readjust my attitude with them. So, yeah, I think I take advice from several coaches and uh, try to take a pinch of that. I look up to them, the way they are with kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's a great answer. It's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to finish off just by letting letting us know if you want to where where people might be able to find you maybe on social media because your videos are good I do enjoy them I don't know if that's because I don't know maybe we've got we've we, you know we've been back and forward a few times and we've had a few messages so maybe I just kind of keep my eye out for your videos over somebody else's who I don't know but uh, I do find yours yours useful Thank you. I do need to do more. I'm a little bit inconsistent with it. And I think I sometimes worry in case like my day job says my stuff and thinks I'm trying to be like this life coach or whatnot. But I'm just trying to, I don't know, pass on stuff I've learned that helped me so it might also help. But yeah, basically all my social media is PJ Middlehurst. Nice and simple. My Facebook, PJ Middlehurst. Instagram, PJ Middlehurst. TikTok, PJ Middlehurst. Find me on them. And, and, and yeah, give me a like if you or a follow take it from there. I will post more stuff, but it's just PJ Middlehurst on yeah. all the socials. Hit me up. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Thanks for joining us for a dad chat. It's been really good. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you all very right. much. Apologies good. for talking about <laughs> it's okay we'll do, we'll do our best in the editing but you know it's it's real life and real conversations with people sat at home in the living room as i'm in my dining room so there's no unfortunately not yet there's no fancy studios that i can invite you to or anything like that <laughs> i think stuff like this is great we need um, it's a good voice isn't it to get out and people can actually relate to it i think it's great yeah all right all right thanks for joining us pj appreciate it thank you for inviting me on and uh yeah, hopefully I'll, we'll do another one in the future no worries. Yeah, anytime, anytime. If if one of us ever gets to a BJJ stripe, we can <laughs> come back and. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Cool. Thanks, Jamie.